Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Bringing to a conclusion the book of Daniel. We've been on a study in the book of Daniel, which is a prophetic book. The whole book is prophetic. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a 30,000-shot overview, a flyover of the book of Daniel, specifically the last six chapters, which is truly the prophetic portion of the book of Daniel, and also Revelation as well. And so we're going to handle a lot of scripture and a lot of big concepts that are not easy concepts over the next few moments. I'm telling you that it's going to get a little bit teachy. It's going to be potentially a little bit confusing. So if you, if you like, you know, some people approach me from time to time, Pastor, I wish you would just go deeper, which in my mind, what they're saying is, is Pastor, I want to be confused this morning. Um, and so if that is you, then today is especially for you, But what we're going to do is at the end of it, we're going to make sense of all of it. And so I'm asking you to really pay attention. You may have the desire to check out. It might get, it just might be a little too much and it's just, you, you might get weary. Stick with me because what I'm sharing with you is a word for today in the day that we live in. So up to this point, we've talked about the lion's den. We've talked about the fiery furnace. The whole premise for this book and our approach has been, how do you live for God when culture is quickly running away from God? And and why I like this study on the book of Daniel so much is because there is a rapid running away from things that are godly today. At a very quick rate, you know, where it used to be, um, it used to be popular to be a Christian. Now we're starting to see elements of persecution. None like other countries are seeing, but but certainly moving that direction. Where if you have the opinion of a Christian and you believe in the Bible, then it is in direct contrast with the belief system of our culture. And so the question is, is how do you live for God in a culture that is absolutely going a different direction? And so that's why I like it so much. And I just want you to know this, that in the middle of a culture slide, we need to know how to live. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to know how to live. Now turn right back to him and say, no, you need to know how to live. And then you guys can fight it out just a little bit. And All right. So the last six uh, uh, chapters in, this, in the book of Daniel um, are a series of visions. Somebody say visions and dreams. So Daniel was able to see the future. He was able to see the future. And in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, Jesus himself, um, he validates that the book of Daniel is a prophetic book in nature. 
And so Jesus is saying, yes, the prophecies that were spoken of in the book of Daniel were proper and they were, they were right. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, as Jesus, and, and, and before this, you need to know that that in the book of Matthew, it was talking about the end times. It was talking about the destruction of the temple. And so Jesus validates the book of Daniel by referring back to the book of Daniel. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. And they said, tell us, when will these things happen? When will these end times take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. How many of you know that Jesus can't even tell you the time in which he's coming back? Right? That is kept that is kept a secret. But what he does is he refers to the idea that while we don't know the exact time, you can pay close attention to the signs and the seasons that we are in. You can tell by the signs and the seasons that his return is coming soon. I do not know how well you are in tune with the Spirit of God. But I am telling you, there has been a stirring, not just in my heart, but in the heart of many people over the last seven years or several years that God is doing something significant and special. I believe that his time and his return is coming very close. Every single generation has had some signs. I remember when I was young, we would, I went to a Pentecostal church and, and we would have these evangelists or these special speakers that would come in and they would, they would talk to us and, and, and they would have these week long services where every night we would, we would go to the church and sometimes they would bring in these end time prophetic guys. And, and I'm telling you that if it did one thing, it scared the daylights out of me anytime that these people would come in because I would leave believing that Jesus was going to come back that night they, they were really good that he was going to come back that night and I was not ready and that, and that I really felt like if he had come back at the wrong moment in time that I was going straight to hell, do not pass go. And so, and so it really kind of stirred some things up. I'm not, that's not a good thing. I'm telling you that's not a good thing. Um, but every generation has seen signs they thought that they would see the return of Jesus Christ. I mean, you take a look at the best in our recent history, the best time would probably be during like World War II. You know, here you've got wars and rumors of wars, right? And then you've got Hitler, which is a perfect man. He would be a great candidate for the Antichrist. Man, somebody that is so foul and so, you know, that could do such horrific things. Certainly, it has to be the Antichrist. And then Recently, I mean, we've been through a lot of wars and, and, and situations and famines and, and tornadoes and all kinds of things. But one of the things I was thinking about even this morning that I shared with first services is even the prophetic. Because the end, in the end times, there are going to be false prophets that rise up. And what is a false prophet? It is somebody that prophesies and it doesn't come to pass. Many false prophets are going are gonna to rise up and they're going to cause many people to, you know, to stumble and to go astray because they're going to believe in these false prophecies that have, that have taken place. And so you know what the answer of the church is? 
Stop prophesying. So taking one of the gifts that are for the church, you got tongues, you've got the prophetic word. It says that you're, it's better to prophesy than to speak because everybody understands it. I mean, just some of you know what I'm talking about. Others, you don't. You will know at some point. But the answer to the church is like, listen, it is too risque for somebody to prophesy in the church. Why? Because so oftentimes people have claimed to hear from God only to be a false prophet and it hurts. And while I'm saying that we need to pay close attention to get rid of the, 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 the actual office of the gift being used, come on, God gave the, apostle, the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, which is your middle finger, it's the farthest reaching right? Going through all of, he gave these for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So whenever you remove one of the fivefold that is given to the church to build up the church, to equip the church, to do the work of the ministry, that my friend is not the answer. It's not the answer. So there are those that have the gift that hold the office of the prophet that yes, we better, the prophet is judged by the prophet, but to not give space for any of the five, I think is dangerous. And so I want you to know this, that every generation has felt like they could see the return of Jesus Christ, but I believe this, that we are the only generation that have, that have the ability to witness all of these things at the same time. We're going to uncover some of these things. So if that's not your belief system, maybe it will be by the time I am finished. Let's go ahead and take a look at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 and verse 12. It says this, and I encourage you to take notes. I know some of you are not going to take notes. You're going to sit there and you're probably going to deal with many of the same questions that you've dealt with. I'm encouraging you to take notes because we're covering a lot of information in a short period of time. It would be good for you to take notes and go back and look at what I'm sharing here today. All right, that's my last, my last beckoning for you to take notes. But it would be good for you to do that. Matthew 24 and 12, because of the increase of wickedness, this is moral, moral decay. And I'm just saying, let me just ask you a question. Have we seen an increase of wickedness in your generation? Just a little bit or a lot? You answer the question. All right. The love of most will grow cold. I've talked about this for probably at least a year, maybe over a year, that there's going to be a generation of people that has been raised in the church. They've been raised in the church. They've, they, they've given their heart to Jesus. They've been baptized, um, you know, by, by, by water. And uh, I believe there's going to be a generation of people that fall in love with wickedness and remain in that same wickedness. I believe in the end times, there's gonna be two things that happen. There's going to be a great falling away, and many of the people that are gonna fall away are gonna be people that you would never believe would ever fall away, but they're gonna say, I'm just done serving the Lord, I'm gonna serve self, and they're gonna like serving self, and they're gonna remain in their wickedness. And then, 
At the same time, I believe there's a great harvest of people that have never stepped foot in the church, that, that don't know anything about church and how church is supposed to, you know what I mean? Like they get up and talk when you're supposed to be quiet and people have to come alongside and say, you're not supposed to do that. You're really not supposed to talk whenever this is quiet time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they are so brand new and wet behind the ears, but this relationship with Jesus Christ is so powerful and so special. There's going to be a great harvest of those people. Come on, let's make ready for the harvest. Let's make ready for the harvest. And so because of the increased wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I think there is something significant about that. I'm not going to preach about it because I ain't got time to preach about it. But there's something to be said about remaining in him till the end. The apostle Paul said, I have ran my race. I have finished my course. What we see a lot in our world today, and I've told you I wasn't going to preach about it, but I'm going to preach a little bit about it. We see a lot of people getting excited for a moment's time, and then all of a sudden, you don't see them anymore. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about, but the one who stands firm until the what? Until the end will be saved. Verse 14, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So we're talking about end time things. We're talking about the study of eschatology. I was going to say eschatological. That might be a word too, but eschatology, the study of things at the end is what we're talking about here. That's what Jesus is addressing here in the book of, of Matthew. And so he's saying, listen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. Somebody say the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So guess what? The end is not going to come until this happens. Now, what you need to know is you need to know this word nations is the word ethnos, which means not just nations, which I believe there's 195, maybe 197 nations on the planet right now. It's not talking about the 195. It's not talking about the 197, if that's how many there are. What it is talking about is ethnos, is people groups. And in places like China, and in places places like India, in places certainly like Africa, you have multiple people groups in one nation. One guy said he believes that there's probably about 2,000 different people groups in the, in the nations as we know it. And so, and so what's got to happen? The good news, the gospel has to be preached to all the people groups. And then what happens? The end will come. So until that takes place, the end is not coming. So one of the signs, the sure signs of us being close to the end is whenever all of those people groups have been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not coming back until that happens. But see, the day and the time that we live in, it makes that possible. Why? Because of digital technology. Take a look at your phone. Do you know this? I was in Uganda this last week. Had a powerful, powerful time in Africa. Got a chance to preach and encourage and teach and serve and, and just powerful time. But do you know this? You could be out in the middle of nowhere and people have 
cell phones. Also, do you know this, that the road systems in Uganda are, are very different than they are here. I remember we were going to different churches and different places to do shoe giveaways and to wash feet and pray over kids and, and do all of that. And this one place that we were going, it literally looked like we were driving our car down a walk path. And it was, man, it was all muddy and bumpy. And, 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 and it's not like every street has any kind of signage on it. And it's certainly not like businesses and homes have numbers on them like we have here. And so one of the things that we were doing, we were trying to find this location. And so you know what we did? We pulled out Google Maps. And when nothing made sense to any of us on how to find this location, Google was there. And Google got us exactly to where we were supposed to go. So I am telling you this, that for all of the nations, all of the ethnos, all of the people groups, over 2,000 of them to be reached at one time, we are the generation that has that ability, that possibility because of digital technology. It could not happen 50 years ago, 100 years ago. All right? Verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place, which is Jerusalem, the abomination that causes desolation. Remember, I told you that Matthew is validating the book of Daniel as being a prophetic book. It talks about the abomination of desolation in the book of Daniel. So when you see standing in Jerusalem, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. So the abomination of desolation, what is this? This, my friend, is talking about what we know is the tribulation. The tribulation is a seven-year period, come on, where, where it's going to be very, very difficult in the event that you are a Christian. It's going to be very hard, come on, to live, you know, for the Lord. It's going to be a very trying and, and troublesome time. And so Three and a half years into this seven-year period, the Antichrist, somebody say the Antichrist, which wasn't Hitler, it, it wasn't Obama, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, other people that we've, that we've heard about, you know, that must be the, you know, certainly that must be, no, but in that, right in the middle of that seven-year period, what's going to happen is the Antichrist is, it has already reinstated sacrifice again, already rebuilt the temple. He is going to take a statue and place it right in the center of the temple. This is the abomination that causes desolate, taking something that is unholy and placing it right in the place. Come on, it's going to be a statue that's going to be worshipped of the Antichrist. And so, so this happens in the three and a half years as after the, the, dec the decree goes out. I know that doesn't make sense. It'll make sense here shortly. Okay. Daniel chapter 9, 24. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there, please. Daniel gives a summarization of all of the dreams and all of the visions that he has had. He summarizes them all. This is a little bit teachy, but he calls them the 77s. Your Bible might say 70 weeks, 
But really, this is talking about years. And you will know it's talking about years as you read this chapter, chapter 9. So he calls them the 77s. These are periods of seven years. So Daniel, in all of his prophecies, all of his dreams and his visions, he sees 490 years. Prophetically into the future, he sees 490 years. I want you to know of the visions and dreams in that 490 years of prophetic vision, 483 years has already been fulfilled. And so that leaves us 490 minus 483 is how many years have not been fulfilled? Seven, all right? Seven years have not been, has not been fulfilled. And so, so most have already happened. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24. Don't check out on me. Just stick with me for a second, okay? All right. Daniel 9, 24. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. So listen, pay close attention. When it says know and understand this, we need to lean in. From the time that the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. First of all, I'm going to stop right there. Daniel, they were, they were overrun by Babylon. They didn't even know that they were going to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. But the prophecy was like, listen, you're going to go back and you're going to rebuild what's been, what's been destroyed. This is found in the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, which are probably the, the, the latest in order, the, the last books that were written in the Old Testament. And the temple was rebuilt under King Cyrus. We spent a whole Sunday talking about King Cyrus, the king that, you know, one of the kings that Daniel had served. And so, no one understand this from the time that the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem and tell the anointed one. Who's the anointed one? Jesus. Let's say it again. Who's the anointed one? Jesus. All right. Who's the anointed one? Jesus, the ruler, comes. So Daniel, in his prophetic vision, was able to see Jesus. He said, there, from that time, there will be seven years, or seven sevens, not seven years, seven sevens. How much is seven times seven? 49 years, and then it says, and there will be 62 sevens. I'll just do the math for you. 62 times seven is 434. So how long until this decree went out, till they went in to rebuild the temple? 49 years. So that was to the date, the first seven sevens. And how long from that time until Jesus was crucified on the cross? He gives it 434 years. To the day. So these prophecies have already been fulfilled. It goes on to say it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. What are the times of trouble? It tells us here after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death. Jesus was crucified on the cross after the 62 sevens. Okay? He will be put to death and he will have nothing. 
the people of the ruler who will come to destroy the city and the sanctuary. So the people of the ruler that came to destroy the, 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 the prophecy was they're going to come and re, they're going to destroy what you've already rebuilt. This is talking about 70 AD, right? All right. Are you with me? All right. So the temple was torn down again in AD 70. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He, which is the Antichrist, will confirm um, a covenant with many for one seven. So this is the last seven. This is the last element of prophetic word that has not been fulfilled. The only seven that has not been fulfilled. And so he, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. And this is when the Antichrist comes in and he, break, he brokers a deal, come on, with the, with the leaders that may be to rebuild the temple, to reinstitute um, animal sacrifice, right? When that happens, this begins that seven-year period. So the Antichrist brokers this deal for the one seven. In the middle of the seven, are you following? Do we got it? For one seven, in the middle of the seven, what's, mi what's the middle of, of seven? Three and a half years. What's going to happen in three and a half years once we get into the tribulation? The abomination of desolation, which is putting the statue in a, something that is unholy in the midst of a place that is very holy. Okay? All right. So, he will put an end to the sacrifice and the offering. And at the temple, he will set up the abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So listen, I just shared a ton of stuff. I'm going to simplify this, okay? 490 years of prophecy was given. 483 years of prophecy has been fulfilled. He's seen Alexander the Great. He was able to see the fall of, of the Roman Empire, what I just shared with you is the first seven sevens. It took 49 years to the, to the rebuilding of the temple. That's the first seven sevens. The 62 sevens was from that point it was decreed. 62 sevens went forward. And that marks the time that Jesus died on the cross. In summary, once again, there's only one seven of prophecy still to be fulfilled. So in the book of Revelation, it talks a great deal about this one seven-year period. In fact, to summarize and to keep it simple, there are 10 events that you can pick up on that, that really have something to do with this, with this, you know, with this, with this seven-year period. So I'm going to go through those really quick, 30,000-foot overview. Number one, we've got the church age. This is found, write this down, go please read it later. Revelation chapter two and three, it talks about the church age. I want you to know that Jesus shares seven things that are vitally important in chapters two and three for the church to be focused on. And so we could honestly do a complete series on the things that are important to Jesus that the church is supposed to be about today. Revelation chapter 2 and 3. And then we have the rapture. Revelation chapter 3 talks about the rapture, especially like verse 10. But 
in my time of hearing of the rapture, all depending on who I've been listening to, I have been pre. The, the, so the rapture, if you don't know, it's when the church is going to be taken away, when the bride of Christ is going to be taken, you know, taken up to be to be with with Jesus. So I've been pre-rapture. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take us out pre-tribulation. I have been mid, you know, tribulation, meaning that in the middle of this seven-year period when things are really, really difficult. You know, there was a period of time where I thought that was the what was going to happen. I've been post-tribulation, so the church is going to go through all of the hardships and then the second coming of Jesus. And then I've also been pan-tribulation. That You know what I'm saying? It's just like it doesn't matter. It just hurts my mind so much. It'll all pan out as long as I just keep my, as long as I just keep my eyes on Jesus. But honestly... Like, honestly, the more I look at this, I have to tell you, and I don't want to sword fight with anybody, but I have to tell you that I really believe that the church is going to be taken out before the tribulation. I really believe that it's pre-trib is where I, where I kind of, where I kind of land. Why? Because you read about the church in the book of Revelation, you get the church, 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 and then all of a sudden you don't hear about the church anymore. And I believe that it's possible because the church is no longer a part of, of what's going on right then and there. And so, anyhow, there, there's my two cents. Then you've got the third thing, which is the rise of the Antichrist. Daniel had seen this. He saw the vision of the Antichrist. Come on. And, and then in Revelation chapter 6, it talks about the Antichrist. Go read Revelation chapter 6. This is where the king brokers a deal with Israel to rebuild the temple, to reinstate sacrifice. Um, you know, he, he talks about the mark of the beast, which is 666, to buy, sell, and to, and, to, and to trade. It talks about all of that. Listen, if you're alive and on the earth, whenever that treaty is signed, there's one of two things that that means. That means that... The rapture wasn't pre-trib, that it's somewhere else, mid-trib or post-trib, or, my friend, you didn't make it. <laughs> and so I'm telling you, if you didn't make it, like you want to make it, you want to be sold out to Jesus when he comes back, there will be people that are getting saved during this tribulation, but this is going to be a very hard and a difficult time. The truth is, is most people that stay true to Jesus are literally going to lose their head. Like it will be removed from their body, lose their head. Not just that they have a hard time focusing. I mean, literally, and I'm not making light of that. It is the truth. And so the best thing to do is really to live your life serving, serving Jesus. And so there's this treaty that's signed that begins the tribulation. And then, and this is the, this is the, uh, the, the, the fourth one. Um, and, and the, the tribulation is a time. It talks about this through revelation six, all the way through 19. But once again, this is a difficult time. God's judging the earth. People will be saved during this time, but it's going to be very hard. Number five is this. It ends with the second coming of Christ. Amen. The tribulation is going to end with Jesus coming back. Come on. The second coming. This is found in Revelation chapter 19. 
Jesus is, it almost kind of paints this picture that Jesus is in heaven. And listen, I'm not talking about, just, just don't argue with me or don't send me bad things. I'm just painting a picture here. But, but Jesus is like, I'm ready to go. Can I go get my bride? Can I go get, I'm ready for my bride. I mean, just imagine you on your wedding night. You're like ready to go and take this beautiful woman that said yes to you as your bride and, and have a remarkable time. You know, this is what Jesus is like with the, with the the church. We are the bride of Christ. Can I go? I'm ready to go. Come on. Can I go? And God's just like, listen, like the father saying, listen, not yet. What do you mean? Not yet. Why not yet? Because there are still others that's, that need to come to know you. Can I tell you this, that the only reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet is because there are others that still need to be saved. That is the only reason this shows us the power and the magnitude of the love of the father. Come on. He's like, listen, if I come back now, you know how difficult that's going to be. He loves us so much. His grace and his mercy is new every day. He is waiting to return because there are still those that need to bow and bend a knee and surrender and make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. God's speaking to somebody this morning. He loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how wretched you've been. He loves you, and he has this gift of life that he wants to give to you, and he's waiting for you to say yes to him. Wow. And then you've got the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is found in Revelation chapter 19. Read about it. Big celebration. Come on. It's going to be a party, right? You ever been to an incredible ceremony and a wedding where two families come together and one family's been praying for their daughter and the other family's been praying for their son and they come together and they're married and, and a beautiful banquet is, is had. Come on, the marriage supper of the Lamb, Revelation 19. Read about it. It's going to be a great time of celebration. And then you have the millennium, Revelation 20, specifically Revelation 20 and verse 6. This is a thousand-year reign where there's going to be nothing but peace. You're going to be in the presence of Jesus. Amen. And guess where it's going to be? It's not going to be in heaven. It's going to be right here on the earth. It's important that we understand what the Bible says. It's important that, that we understand that this thousand years of peace is going to be, be remarkable. Come on, no sin. Somebody say no sin. Somebody say no traffic. No trains in Rupert. Right? It's glorious. Absolutely magnificent. So we've got the millennium, which is a thousand-year reign. And then there's a final rebellion, and this is so confusing, but the final rebellion is found in Revelation 20, verse 7 through 10. Write it down so you can read about it. A final rebellion. Why in the world would the devil be unleashed again to wreak havoc and cause, cause you know, death and division you know, among people? One guy that's much smarter than I am, he said he believes it's going to be for the people that were born in the millennium they're going to be they're going to be people being born in the millennium in that thousand year reign that still have to make the choice to follow Jesus you cannot have a choice unless you have something to choose it against 
And so there's going to be a, a loosing of the enemy, and it's going to be a tough time, a difficult time. But people are going to be able, those that were, that, were, that were born during the millennium, are going to be able to make the choice to, to choose God. And then there's the great white throne judgment. Christians are not going to be a part of this. Somebody say, praise the Lord. This is where people that are both living and people that are dead that have denied Jesus. Some may be in this room even right now. You might be here where you have been shared the gospel. You have been loved on. People have reached out to you. They've told you that God has a better plan for your life. They've, they've shared their own personal testimony with you. They've talked to you about how they were once like you, but now their life is completely different. But you potentially have just denied them and denied them. And you've thought things like, man, this guy is foolish, or these people are weak-minded. They actually need to believe in a God that is not true just so they can kind of get through. And you've denied, and you've denied, and you've denied. And I'm telling you, that Jesus loves you so much and God loves you so much that time and time again, he's reaching and he's loving and he's showing. But have you deny him till the very end? You, my friend, will have your day in court where you will have to give an answer to the life that he had laid down on a cross so that you can live. You will have to give an answer as to why you continued to deny him, even as the Spirit of God was showing himself to you, even as he was spending and sending rescuers to share the love of Jesus with you. That's sobering, but my friend, I love you so much that I'm going to tell you the truth. There are going to be people that stand before God in this great white throne judgment and give an account. And then the last two chapters, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, it talks about eternity. I encourage you to read it. Write it down and read it. This misnomer is in heaven. There's just going to be a bunch of fat babies sitting around singing songs that nobody likes to sing. And how boring is that? In fact, people say, man, I'm going to hell where the party's at. Man, you don't get it. You do not get it. There's not going to be anything lovely, anything good in hell and everything that is wonderful and beautiful. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Come on, Eden being established as good and as great as you can imagine. What would Eden be, be like? The Garden of Eden. It's going to be reestablished, and, and you're going to be able to travel. I don't know how you're going to be able to travel, but if I have it my way, I'm just going to be like, man, I was on the plane for 21 hours going to Uganda, and I'd just rather be like, Uganda. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am so tired of plane rides and God forgive me some people. I'm tired of some people. <laughs> Not all people, but, but some. I mean, how cool would it be just, I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's got to be better than that. And so, so this is going to be an incredible time where even the animals, they lose their carnivorous instinct. Like they're not even going to have the instinct to chew on other animals. There's going to be a tremendous peace. It's going to be more beautiful than anything that you can imagine. Guess what? There's going to be every ethnic group in heaven. 
In a day and a time, can I just tell you, in a day and a time where, where racism is a card that, that is just being thrown around all the time, amen, and we need to get rid of racism. We need, to, we need to get rid of the idea that one race is superior than another. But guess what else we got to get rid of? We got to get rid of just throwing the race card when race isn't even a factor. This is pitiful, the place that our country and our world's in today. Everybody's trying to get something for nothing. And so they can throw the race card down and, and somehow, some way, you know, there, there's, there's additional privilege that I've missed out on because, well, because my skin's not the right color. Every nation, every ethnic group is going to be represented in heaven. So guess what? You better learn to love people now while you're here because you're going to be one person said man oh man i got you mean those people are going to be there oh man if those people are going to be there i'm not going to be there yeah that's prophetic you probably won't be there you probably they're going to be there but you're probably not going to be there so every ethnic group is going to be i think it's beautiful it shows us the creativity and the and the beauty of a god that doesn't make us carbon copied stamps of another. And I'm just telling you, just as the word is stirring me up, this goes far beyond the color of your skin. It goes far beyond that. It goes to your calling. Quit trying to be something that you're not called to be. There's somebody in your life you admire, you respect, and so you're trying to do what it is that they do. Stop it. Be who it is that God has called you to be. Come on, that is the answer. Christ in you, you being you, is the hope of the world. You don't need to be somebody else. Be who God has created you to be. Unique, beautifully, and wonderfully made. Today, we've reduced the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation to a, just moments, just a matter of minutes. Some of you are like, it was more than a matter of minutes, but, but anyway, I'm... Um, um, you know, we got a Super Bowl we got to get to. But how does all of this change your life? This is the simplicity of the message. See, you can have a great plan, but if it doesn't change your life, it's not worth anything. So we got to go back to Daniel 12 because Daniel is how we're closing all of this down. Daniel 12 is where we're going to spend just a few moments. Turn your Bible, Daniel, Daniel 12, verse 1. At that time... This is the end times, right? At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. Michael is the angel that is in charge of war, and he is the angel in charge of answering your prayers. If you're wondering which one that is, that's Michael. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. What, what is this time of distress? Let me just ask you. What is the time? I've been spending a whole lot of time. It's the tribulation. There will be a time of distress unlike any that we've seen. Okay? He's talking about the last seven-year period. How many seven-year periods have we not seen out of the 490? One. This is what this is talking about. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Daniel saw, he was able to see the Lamb's book of life. 
How incredible is that? This is also another reason why I now believe that the church is going to be removed pre-tribulation and not mid or post. Why? Because it says, it, it, in my mind, this is what it's saying. Um, but at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. I can tell you this, Travis Turner's name is found in that book. And so I believe that at this time, I will be delivered. I pray and I hope that your name is written in that book as well. If you don't know what book I'm talking about, scoot up close to somebody and say, what's he talking about? And they will share with you. Okay. All right. So verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust. This is talking about people that have died. This is talking about people that are dead in the ground. So multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awaken. They will come alive again. Some of them to everlasting life, others to shame and contempt. Now listen, you need to know this. We're not doing a funeral this morning. You need to know not everybody goes to heaven. Some people, after they die because they had no relationship with Jesus, they're going to come back to life, but they're not going to heaven with Jesus. They're, they're being wakened back up to a life of shame and, and, and contempt, okay? It's a place called hell that's real, all right? All right, happy Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Those who are wise, and this is my appeal to our generation, my desire is for us to have understanding, but also move in wisdom, like you can have understanding, but not be wise. So I'll give you an example of this just real quick. Yesterday, I'm getting my hair cut. And, and I'm talking, this, this person knows that, that, that I've just gotten back from Uganda. She's talking about this, this trip. And she tells me, she's like, man, for years, I know I'm called to the nations. For years, I'm, I'm a missionary. I'm called to the mission field. And so you know what my question was? Why haven't you gone? For years, you've been called to the mission field. Why haven't you gone? A list of, of reasons. Da, 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 da. My next question is this. Do you have your passport? Well, no, 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 I haven't got. So you're telling me that you've been called to the nations and you have not taken a step. So you understand what it is that God has put within you, but you are not exercising the wisdom to, to take a step in that direction. What if God calls and says, listen, I want you to go on this specific trip, but you can't go because you've not prepared. You, you've got the understanding, but you've not used wisdom. So I told her, I'm going to come back in here next week and get my, get my, my hair cut again, and I'm going to ask you a question. You know what the question is going to be? You got your passport? At least coming? Is it started? And so my desire is, is that we need a generation of knowledge and, wisdom, uh, knowledge and understanding, but also a generation of people um, that, that have wisdom to apply it. And it goes on to say in verse 3, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness are like stars forever and ever. And that's what we want to do. Come on, how many of you know that Grace Church is called to reach the lost 
Like there's no greater calling on your life than reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. And can I tell you just something that I sense? I sense that we have a lot of people that call themselves by the name of Christ, but are not doing what Christ is, has, has asked us to do. And so, so there's, there's something that I'm seeing kind of a track record of that, listen, just kind of come and, and, and just listen, no judgment. And I'm not going to even confront the sin in your life, the decisions. I'm just going to love on you and I'm going to love on you. And I'm telling you, church, that you can love somebody straight to hell because it's it's the love that causes somebody to share truth, not in judgment, but love to share truth because it's the truth that sets you free. Not just how much you, you know what I mean, just can coddle and, 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 and prop up. I'm telling you, if you love them, you will share God's plan for them. Because unless they have a relationship with Jesus, they will not be saved. And I'm telling you again that there are many people that have been raised up in this, that are going to shun God, and they're going to shun his ways. And I don't believe that those people, because they have not endured till the end, I do not believe that they will be saved. I don't believe it. God loves you so much, but he also wants your life. He wants your heart. He wants your passion. He wants your gift. He wants your life. Amen? And I love you enough to share that with you today. Verse 4, but you, Daniel, roll up the seal. I'm almost close, guys. Just hang in there. I'm almost done. You, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. And so right here, he's qualifying what the end is to look like. One of the ways he qualifies it is this. He says, the end is marked by people that go here and there. And there's an increase of knowledge so it's marked by travel. Somebody say travel. And it's also marked by knowledge. Do you know this? 150 years ago, people could travel 20 to 30 miles a day. And that's why our towns are set up the way they are. Burley is within 20 miles. Paul is within 20 miles. You know what I'm saying? So the towns that surround us are within that 20 to 30 mile um, distance. Why? Because it's a day's journey. So listen, I got to go see mom. She lives over in Paul. I'll be back day after tomorrow. I'm going to take a day to get there. I'm going to visit, and then I'll take a day to come home. It's going to take me that long to, you know, to walk. Once again, man, I jumped on a plane about 12, 13 days ago, and I was in Uganda, Africa in 21 hours. Has traveled, the ability to travel, has it increased? And do you know this, that knowledge didn't double until 200 years ago. And then it was, you know, and then 50 years it doubled again. And then 30 years it doubled again. I don't know what the statistics are now, but I believe it's probably every 12 months knowledge is doubling. We're becoming so smart so fast, but yet at the same time going so far away from, away from God in some circles, not this circle. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 8, still finishing the book of Daniel here. I heard what he said. This is a great scripture to put on your refrigerator, or this is a great scripture to share with your wife or your husband whenever they're talking about things that you don't understand. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. <laughs> Have you ever been in that place? It's like, I'm, I, babe, I'm hearing you. <laughs> You know how slow I am. 
Can you rephrase that? Because I heard what you said, but I don't understand what you mean. And, um, and so, so I asked, what, what do you do when you don't understand? You ask. I asked, how will this finally end, my Lord? I would want to know that. The answer is great. But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept a secret and sealed until the time of the end. Verse 10, many are going to be purified and cleansed and refined by these trials. I want you to know that there have been more people saved because of the population of the earth since 2003 till present than there was from the beginning and to up to 2003. More people have given their heart to Jesus. Is that incredible? It's amazing. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness. Just like I said, it doesn't matter the word that goes out. Sometimes people are just so caught up in their stuff and self-serving and prideful. And yeah, maybe someday I'll give my heart to the Lord. But I'm telling you, some people are going to be like, wow, that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. But I'm just going to continue doing what I do. I'm going to live. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow I die. And I'm telling you, my friend, if that's the way you're living, I pray that God shows himself to you in a way that will bring you out of that nonsense because Jesus loves you. And, and there's nothing greater than being in the perfect place of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Come out from that place. Come out from that place. So the wicked will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand only those who are wise will know what it means verse 11 from the time that the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is to be worshiped what are we talking about in the middle of the tribulation sacrifices stop the statue being placed that is unholy in a place that's holy that's 1290 days my friend do the math 1290 days is exactly three and a half years it is crazy that this was prophesied way before it comes to you know comes into play and it's shown old testament new testament and it just it just works out and blessed are those who wait until the remaining of the 1335 days which is the end of the tribulation verse 13 as for you daniel go your way until the end you my friend will rest the word rest means you're going to die you will rest, and then at the end of the days, you, my friend, will rise again to receive the inheritance that's set aside for you. So listen, if all of this prophecy talk, just look at me just for a second. If all this prophecy talk either has bored you, I apologize about that, but not really. If all of this prophecy talk has caused you to be nervous or afraid, you are missing it because the only reason that you should be nervous or afraid, like you should be nervous or afraid if you don't know Jesus, like if you really don't know Jesus. But if you know Jesus, I want you to know this, that you're on the winning team. He told Daniel, he's like, listen, you're going to die, rest, and then I'm going to wake you up and, and you're going to enter into my glory. Woo! We know how it ends. We know how it ends. God's got so many good things for you. We should not fear death if we're in the Lord. Amen? Amen? None of us are looking to get there. 
But oh, death, where is thou sting? Where's your sting at? You've lost it. Because I'm going to go from life to life. I'm going to go from life to life. So it goes on. Actually, I'm going to take you to one verse, but the same concept is found in other verses. You can find this in Matthew 24. You can also find this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. But I'm going to share it with you out of 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It says this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That's his return. He's going to come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed. This is the question. What kind of people ought you be? Whoa! So this is not about eschatology. It's not about, oh my God, what's going to happen in the end times? Knowing that everything is going to be tried by fire, what kind of people ought you be? Should you be nervous about how things really pan out? Or should you just be sold out to Jesus every single day of your life? Say, God, here we go again. It's going to be adventure. God, my life, I'm telling you, it's for you. What exciting things are we going to Who are we going to see saved today? Who can I love on today? Let's not get caught up with the, but let's make the most of every single day. By the making most of every day, you're going to get to the end of your life with zero regrets. Are you going to be perfect? No, absolutely not. In fact, it goes on to say, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Two things there. We need to live holy and godly. Is that perfect? No. It's the word hagios, which means set apart. Tyson, you're you're a man set apart. You You are different. You be different the way Tyson's supposed to be different. The worst thing that you can do is try to emulate somebody else. Man, this was really, this guy was doing this and it was just, no, man, you are set apart. You're different, brother. It doesn't matter what culture does. The question is, is as culture shifts, is Tyson going to go with it? Or are you going to remain the same, steadfast? Come on, being led by the spirit of the gods. Like, it's like the fish, the one fish that's swimming upstream and everybody else, they're lazy. I'm just going to go where the water takes me. Are you going to be set apart? And then all of a sudden you got other little fish. It's like, man, he must know where I'm going with him. Perfect? No. Hagios? Yes. Different? Yes. Set apart? Yes. Christ in you? Yes. I see you checking your watches. I'm going to bring this thing to a close. We got a game to get to. Okay. You can speed up the return. How do you speed up the return? The only reason why Jesus hasn't come back is because there are people that do not know him. You can speed up the return by loving people enough to share with them, come on, your testimony and share with them the love of Jesus. So three things in closing. Number one, follow God and not culture. Culture is going to change. Are you going to change? Number two is this, be ready for Christ's return. The Bible says that he's going to come like a thief in the night. You're not going to know when it's going to happen, but I can promise you he's coming back for his church. And you just need to be ready. You need to be ready. The third thing is this, make the most of this life. Make the absolute most of every single day. Give it to Jesus. Partner with him. It's exciting. 
And you will never have another boring day in your life if you will do that. Now you're gonna forget to do that, but the next day, partner with Jesus. Make the most, live. It's exciting, it's awesome. And God's got an incredible thing for you. What you're gonna realize is that this life really isn't about this life. It's about the life that's gonna come. It's about the life that's promised to us. It's not about these 70 or 80 or 90 years that you've been promised here. It's, it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger than that. So listen, this is my question, man. If you've, if you've made a decision, if you're stirred up and you're just like, I need to, I need to do something different. It, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody else. But what I want you to do is I want you just to raise your hand. If, if this today has affected you in a way that you're gonna, you're gonna do something different. You're gonna do something better. You're gonna be a little bit more intentional. And I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to those that are, their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I, I'm not talking to you that you don't even know if you're saved yet. I'm talking about those that know that they're saved and they've been blood-bought, born again. The Spirit of God lives within them. I'm asking you, if today has, has caused you to make a decision, I'm asking you just to simply raise your hand. You don't have to share what it is. Awesome. Thank you, Lord, for that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate, I appreciate believing that cool things are going to come out of that. And then the last thing, I just wonder if there's anybody here, you don't even know if you're saved. And you're like, you're messed up a little bit because you're like, listen, I don't know about that Lamb's Book of Life, but sure seems like I need my name written in it. And I want to not only be saved, but I want to have a relationship with Jesus. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.